Welcome to the Sensible Center Podcast, where two middle-aged guys drunkenly talk politics and political reform. Grab an adult beverage and enjoy the show. Further information can be found at SensibleCenterPack.com. You can reach us at SensibleCenterPack at gmail.com or follow us on X at USASCPack. Bob, you there? Kevin. Oh, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? All right. Listeners, Bob and I actually saw each other since the last episode. Wasn't that wasn't that a fun occasion, Bob? That was a good time. Yeah, and we drink, uh, we drink a lot of wine. And a little bit of whiskey. And the That's conversation right. we went towards politics. Yeah, as it always does. I, I think one time we need to get that whole crew together and just record it and talk politics and see where it goes, you know. There you go. The last the six hour, hour the podcast. The last hour of the night or something. That's when it's most fun anyway. All right. We'll put that on our, our agenda. Look look for that in upcoming episodes. A, uh, a uh, An end of the evening drunken political discussion. Could be good. Get some so random, you, randoms wanting to join us sometime. Right. So what have you been up to? You you had a, uh, a company outing last night, huh? Yeah, company outing last night. Uh, other than that, work's kind of busy. You're you're in that time of the year right now where people are trying to get their projects done just before the holidays kind of hit because everybody starts disappearing on vacation and everything, getting rid of their vacation time. So it's been busy, which is yeah, a good I miss, thing. I miss those uh, outing dinners and outings. You can always get a good meal, some good some good drink in you. Yes, sir. Hopefully, hopefully not embarrass yourself in front of the higher ups or anything. No, that's part of the deal when you invite me to your party. Did you keep your clothes on for the most part? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that I did. All right. That I did, but only because it was cool last night in Nashville. So, yeah. You know, 20, 30 years ago when I was, you know, early in my career, you could get away with that kind of stuff. But <laughs> nowadays people are more sensitive. It's, uh, what, what are they, yeah, the millennials and the, what, what gen are we on now after the millennials? Uh, gen Z, Z? Are we on Z? Gen Z? I don't know Z. if we go back... Where do we go from there after we go to Z? But I don't know, Jay Z. Yeah, you get a good steak dinner and, and some wine, hopefully, and some drinks in you, and uh... yeah, it's fun. It's just good to see people that you don't see very often, especially with the new world environment with COVID, right? Or post COVID. So speaking of which, are, are you are you drinking anything tonight or was I last am. night? To... I am. Right. I couldn't go dry tonight. I went dry all day usually i do a little preparing for these things tonight I, I decided to wait up until the moment of just to give myself a little bit of a break and i am drinking a short barrel that's the name of the brand of whiskey it's uh, kentucky straight bourbon short barrels actually out of georgia they're building a, a brand there they're buying other distilleries this barrel in particular actually came from jim beam it's a booker's bottle it's got a little funk to it it was a barrel pick done through a club down here it's at 116.1 proof, um, and it was aged, I believe, six years. doesn't have an age on there. So however long they typically age a Booker's, that's about where it is. How about you? Uh, Bob, I've got uh, tonight from your home state, now your new home state, from Tennessee, you know, the Old Smoky Tennessee Moonshine. I'm sure you're familiar with this company. I Are am. You? Yes, sir. From right in Gatlinburg, uh, Tennessee. I remember we actually bought it at the distillery. 
uh, on a trip to Gallatinburg. Uh, this is fine stuff. It's Tennessee Sang, Sing, which is uh, whiskey made with gin, ginger and ginseng flavors. And of Probably. course, I'm, drink, I'm drinking it on the rocks. It's going to give you a pick-me-up, too, as you go, right? Uh, yeah. It's With the ginger and the ginseng, I would think. Make you sweat a little. Is that why I'm sweating? That's got to be it. It's 70 proof. I think Deb was making mules with these, with this, which is probably a good idea, right? Kind of has the, Mo the Moscow mule type of flavor to it. Yeah, I think, the, which I is think kind of those ginger, generally right? have ginger, yeah. yeah. It's quite tasty. So I'm just pouring it out. You know, these come in like... Uh, Glass jars or something, right? Uh, I've not actually had any of their stuff. No, this is the first time I've I've had it either. The seal was broken though, so it's maybe I'll finish it tonight. That's the nice nice cover. So, needless to say, again, you're drinking something better than I am. That'll make for an interesting podcast if you finish a whole jar of moonshine. <laughs> I'm pretty deep into it already. I was yeah. I was. Uh, I was planning to take a nap during Biden's uh, address tonight. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did not. He, he addressed the nation uh, about, strangely, mostly Ukraine and a little bit of Israel. Uh, but we could get into that. But, of course, the, no, the number is $100 billion. I did see yeah. that. We, we could. 60 well, gonna, for Ukraine and 40 yeah, for Israel. Yeah. We're, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, we're going to talk about Israel a little later because... Uh, nothing, nothing better to talk about than Israel after a couple of drinks. So that'll be interesting. We apologize for whatever we say, but hopefully we'll have an interesting discussion about that. But Bob, I'm before my we... name to Ukraine, Israel, and I'm going to be really rich soon. There you go. Before we get to that, uh, I just want to let you know we we got a couple uh, listener emails in uh, over the since the last podcast. So I thought I'd pull some of the better ones and, and read them, and maybe maybe we could respond to them. Does that make sense to you? Should we should we react to them or just let the listeners' <laughs> statements stand for themselves? Well, I'll let you decide. So the first one comes from Dan, uh, Big Dan sixty nine and MSN dot MSN. Is there still an MSN out there? I think that was my first email address. Was MSN? What was That's, yours? Um, my first email address I still have actually. It was a Hotmail email address. Oh wow! So yeah. your your OG email. Yes, sir. Wow. Which, as a matter there. of fact, I was reading somewhere that car insurance companies will actually make your rate higher if you give them a Hotmail email address. Really? What's wrong There's with Hotmail? Some algorithm that, that determines people who still use that drive terribly. <laughs> <laughs> and, wow. You know, judging from experience, they are accurate. <laughs> there you go. You've kept at it, right? Yes, sir. Well, you know what you are, so you don't want to hide it. So Dan All writes... Right, what's, what's, yeah, what's Big Dan got for us? Dan writes, Kevin, this one's directed towards me. Oh, no. I should have read these before I, I picked them out. Could you possibly speak quicker and more intelligibly? Dan, that's not very nice. <laughs> uh, I think Dan's I got a point. I don't think I can. <laughs> Definitely not tonight after the moonshine. Here's what we're going to do, Dad. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to actually do an experiment with this podcast, and we want listener feedback. We're actually going to, because some other listeners have told us they actually listen to the podcast on 1.25 times, because evidently I, I 
unlike other people, I, it takes me a little while to think before I speak, and I think people generally avoid thinking before they speak. So um, we're going to speed it up. So uh, give us feedback whether you like like the uh, the quicker podcast. But as far as speaking more intelligibly, uh, there's no. <laughs> I'm I'm 56 years old. I don't think there's going to be anything that I can do about that. Um, so sorry to disappoint you, uh, Dan. Maybe maybe another podcast uh, is better for you, but uh, we'll we'll try to at least make it less painful by by speaking quicker. Um, Thanks, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I think the next one's for you, Bob. So this oh, is come on from from Aaron at Aaron Gobra 420 at AOL dot AOL dot com. AOL.com. Yeah, where are we getting these listeners? 422. That's suspicious, Bob. That is suspicious. No wonder it's for you. Bob! Are these plants? Are these plants? No, no I swear. They're coming directly, you know. Uh, Bob, it's directed towards you, Bob. What percentage of the crap that crap that comes out of your mouth do you actually believe? Now Jeez, I understand Aaron. the 420. <laughs> That's not very nice, Aaron. That is not very nice. And these were the better. These were the better ones that I picked. Better out than in. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so, do you have a percentage, or or, or does every one have to judge for themselves? Yep. Yeah, Aaron's probably smarter than me, so I trust our listeners' judgment. <laughs> you trust your listeners? Judgment. I trust. I trust the listeners' judgment. I have. Uh, we'll go with zero. Go with zero. We'll go with zero. No, I'd say it's higher than that. It's at least no. It's at least twenty five percent. No, don't cut yourself short. I I do try to be sincere. Actually, I believe most of what comes out of my mouth. Sometimes yes. I'll say something and I'll realize I'm wrong later, but at the time I completely believe it. Yeah, you're you're very sincere. Yeah, I, I, I sincere. believe that. Anyway. Anyway. I, I think we should move on. Anyway. As, as Joe, All right, Joe. As Joe's telling us. Anyway. He's ushering us on. Anyway. Is Joe there? Yeah. Uh, so, before we get into uh, deeper discussions, let's just touch base, since we had a little bit of discussion on the last podcast about this House Speaker uh, fiasco that we're coming up with. So, last time we spoke, uh, the Dems voted with uh, about eight Republicans to vacate the House Speaker. And here we are uh, two weeks later, and they still don't have anyone to fill the Speaker role. And uh, I guess Steve Scalise has, has dropped. Uh, Jordan's not giving up the fight yet. Um, the latest, I don't know if you read, Bob, this afternoon, the latest, they might be having a vote tonight, in fact. Um, the latest was they were going to try to, he was, Jordan was pushing to, um, like give, uh, what's the guy's name? Not McHenry, is it? The Speaker Pro Temp. Yeah, power, speak, yeah I forget for, his name. Powers for 60 days, I guess, basically to get through the end of the year. where And he would kind of continue to try to negotiate and consolidate it against a round of vote. And he couldn't even he couldn't even get that that done. No. <laughs> Everyone's like, that's not going to happen. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're going to stay here until we figure it out. So. I don't even think they could get a pizza order straight now if they if the Republicans tried to get a pizza order straight. Um, so I don't. I mean, any any I've predictions seen, on what's going to happen? I've seen this coming for years, Kevin. I, mean, I I knew this back when Eric Cantor was voted out of office. You're going to have more you know, a larger portion of Congress become more and more conservative on the edge in the style of a Jim Jordan, 
right? Or I'm at gets. There's going to be more in the future, not less. And I, and I predict the same for the other side. When the Dems get back Congress, I doubt they put Pelosi back in there. I think at least if there's another an election between there, which there most likely will be, barring now a you, major disaster. Now, you got to at least give it to her. I saw her on, I don't know, I guess it was on MSNBC right after the right after the Jordan votes. And she pointed out she had a majority of only like even less. I think the the lowest she had was a majority of two. And whether you like Nancy Pelosi or not, she kept her caucus in line, right? Yeah. Uh, even, even, you know, even the She's squad, was, the I mean, the squad was in there and she went to their offices and whatever. Um, she got it in line. So, um, uh, Here's the thing is I think they're going to get it done. I don't know if it's going to be Jim Jordan because it's going to be very difficult for Jim Jordan to take that position and then get through a budget. And that's what, maybe 30 days out now where they've got to get some spending passed. Yeah, I mean, that, because of everything he's he's campaigned against and the situation with the last speaker, it's going to be very interesting. And that's why I don't know what they're going to do because I think the majority of the Republicans know that. He's not going to be able to you know, he's, he's going to go in there. He may try to cut funding for Ukraine altogether. He may, you know, get a wall through there. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that he wants to do. And if he can't get it done, he won't bring the bill and it's going to create problems. So it, he's cornering himself, too. It's really fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting dynamic. And as we said before, we thought, you know, that coalescing with the Democrats, trying to, to work with McCarthy or at least some other non-freedom caucus um leader i i mean i think that's the only path that they're going to need democratic votes but maybe not maybe maybe somehow he'll push it across but again how long is that going to hold right right uh, even if he does it if you don't if you can't <laughs> if you have to, just like mccarthy if you have to make promises that you're not going to be able to keep and if this one person can kind of throw the throw the thing off then what are we actually accomplishing um interesting scalise didn't decide to do uh the public vote but uh i guess jim jordan said hold my beer and <laughs> and watch me embarrass myself at a couple yeah. rounds <laughs> like sure I'll, I'll go do it uh and interesting also interesting the vast majority of the the republicans who voted against the freedom caucus by voting to keep mccarthy right then actually all except 20 of them ended up voting for Jordan, who's the leader of the Freedom, the co-founder of the Freedom Caucus, which is, you know, which makes no sense at all. How did how did he even get that many votes when clearly they wanted to keep McCarthy? I mean, none there's of it, politics at play. And I man. guarantee you there's so many backroom deals going on. You've probably got the, the, the White House involved at this point. And they're probably trying to cut some deals with some of the people you don't hear in the news. And sooner or later, something will break. I think that's what's really going on. That's how Washington operates. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clearly indicative of a very kind of broken dynamic. What whatever's happening in the background is clearly not working here. I mean, you you could argue that by not working, it's working, right? <laughs> we're not yeah, pouring a hundred. We're not pouring a hundred billion dollars out at this point, right? Uh, some people like the, the. I mean, the uncertainty is not good, but. There's an argument well, that inactivity by Congress sometimes isn't a bad thing. That really, this this whole speaker battle ties in well with 
everything we want to talk about tonight because it's it's having an effect on bonds as well, right? I guarantee yeah, you well. some of this bond stuff is here. And then, yes, the $100 billion to fund foreign wars, that is absolutely another situation that is going to be dependent on how this battle goes. So you mentioned bonds, and, and we talked about this before, and it, they keep on creeping up since we last talked, right? Um, some people say they're spiking, but, I mean, it's a little bit flattening of the yield curve. The long terms are going up, but mortgage, I think it's at 8% now, 30-year, uh, and yeah. probably so more, I more than that for a jumbo. Right before so, we joined in the 10-year treasury is at 4969. Woo! That's close to 5 yeah, and that's actually down a little bit from close today. So, the interesting thing I heard also that uh, I was watching might have been CNBC. They were comparing to to foreign bond yields. So, like the German ten years at three point two. That's a pretty big. That's becoming a hefty spread, right? It is. Um, which is and not not great. I think it's a, you know, it's a sign of a bunch of things. It's there's not a lot of confidence in the house to be able to get anything done as far as spending goes. Um, I think it's a sign that bond investors have lost confidence in the Fed's ability to bring inflation back. Powell himself admitted that increasing deficits could be a continued factor in the inflation fight, and I think that was today he said it. Um, larger deficits are going to lead to higher inflation. Simple as that. And you can't get spending under control. The only way you're going to get spending under control is if Congress completely fails. And, and we know that the powers that be are not going to let that continue to happen. I don't think anybody wants to see failure in Congress. I think every, a lot of people would just like to see spending cut. And the, and the Fed is softening its tone. They're not really talking about raising rates again now. They're starting to say we're going to have a, an extended pause. Well, the, so the, the bond market's kind of doing the work for them. Um, it is. So a lot of things are tied to 10-year treasuries, as, and as that continues to kind of move up, um, I think I think the bond market just doesn't believe 2% is achievable in in a reasonable period of time. And, and that sort of target by the Fed is, despite what they're saying, I read something that they expect it to be in the high twos inflation by uh, the end of next year. I just don't. Housing... Housing hasn't really broken. Um, energy prices, especially with the Middle East now, uh, probably aren't going to recede that much. Yeah, so the, the it's, like, higher. it's like what's going to give outside of a, of a deeper recession, which, I mean, all well, the economic news, the September jobs report was up, retail sales were better. The economy on China, you know, it's a role there, too, because China's suddenly dumping large amounts of our stocks and bonds or U.S. stocks and bonds. So if they continue to dump bonds at an elevated rate, you're going to continue to see the yields rise. That's how it works. Yep. Somebody's got to buy them. But you think they would be attractive yields when you're, like I said, if you're looking at other other um, sovereign debt. Um, if you're looking for yield, come to the United States. We've got it. Yeah. We finally got yield after breaks. all these years. There's some point where it breaks. I just don't know where that is. Yeah, I mean, like I said, all the economic news, earnings are coming in pretty strong. Uh, third quarter earnings, um, generally, I think J.P. Morgan did well. Netflix came in above on their subscriber numbers. A lot jobs of are holding. Are, jobs are holding. I'm, you're in that catch-22, right? <laughs> it's it's good news, but then is it good news? Uh, which Some is kind of a strange place to be. Things about this bond sell-off, it's actually on par with the largest ever bond sell-off in history and 
it's in in line with the largest sell-offs for any major country that hasn't lost a world war or had hyperinflation. When you think about that, that's just amazing to me. And I'm not quite sure where it's going to go. There's a lot of unusual things about this, you know, from the whole the, the COVID aspect that did some of this and how low yep. rates were and all the money that was pumped into the system. Yep. And there is so that there's so many differences with today compared to previous recessions and previous yield increases and things like that. That'd be interesting to see what happens here. But the good news is very few people in Congress are talking about it. That's they just right. want to they just want to spend more money and send more money out. It's, That's it's, right. It, it's bizarre. It's like, don't you see what's going on here? <laughs> Shouldn't we be at least trying to turn the boat so we can have some credibility in in yeah, the, the marketplace? That, for that interest rate goes, the harder it's going to be for us to pay down any debt at all. All well, this debt a, we're building. Well, there's a little bit difference. Yes, we are issuing new debt. Uh, clearly, there's a lot of old debt. The problem is then when we start having to roll roll some of the stuff, right? Um, right. I haven't looked at the maturities of what's what's actually in the book now, uh, but yeah, if if it continues and you have to keep on reissuing more debt, you're at a higher rate, then then you're really kind of in the downward spiral. I think the short term yields are pretty high too, though. That's the point. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, the the curve is still in, inverted, but it's getting closer to to flattening. Um, well, anyway, uh, the other piece of news today was uh, Sidney Powell, uh, Trump's uh, uh, attorney at one point, I think. She was buddy with, with Rudy for a while. Um, she pled uh, guilty, I guess, the six misdemeanor counts of, let me see, I think I had it written down here. She admitted to taking action for the purpose of willfully tampering with election ballot markers and tabulating machines with the intent of taking and appropriating information, data, and software, the property of Dominion voting systems. So she was six felonies, as you pointed out, uh, down to six misdemeanors. Doesn't look like she's going to get any uh, jail time, minor, fine, and I think she's got a range. I actually thought it was down to one misdemeanor from six uh, felonies. Uh, I read six misdemeanor accounts, so I don't know if they just lowered the six felonies down to misdemeanor. I'm guessing it's six years of probation, so maybe it's one year for every misdemeanor account. I don't know. Um, and then a minor fine. Interestingly enough, she's got to write an apology letter to the people of, of Georgia. <laughs> so that, that'll be funny. <laughs> maybe she could ask Trump. But I guess her trial was the, was going to start tomorrow, and the, the, the other attorney, Chesborough, who more had to do with the kind of the the fake elector slates that they tried to get through. I, I think his is actually starting tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do jury selection, but time will tell. I don't know what this means for Donald. I think she's agreed to testify um, for racketeering, which I think is kind of what the, uh, the AG is bringing here. Um, it's not untypical. Usually those are sort of in, or historically have been in mob cases and they, they sort yeah. of, roll people up to testify and kind of go up the chain of command to try to get the, the higher ups, which may be her strategy for indicting 19 people to kind of not actually do 19 trials, but to get, you know, 
a good majority of them to I was reading though play. that the racketeering charges are usually easier to get in the first court, but they're more likely to fail on appeal. Which I find interesting for the political angle there. But also, yeah, as far as her and pleading down, I don't know. I one side of me thinks they knew they didn't have a case and they're creating a scene and it's all political. And they pled pled it down to get over with, or they pled it down to what really they could get her on anyway. That, that's how I look at it. But we'll see what the better testimony is like. Yep, time will tell. Time will tell. Um, I think that Donald's been in court for his uh, for his fraud case. I think he was in court yesterday, but New York. Yeah, lots going on. Interesting times. Uh, we'll stay away from uh, any election talk since we we did that last time. So. Uh, in the interest of moving on and for comedic purposes and due to uh, popular acclaim, the critics are raving about Biden family ties, by the way, Bob, I don't know if you've seen it, but we've gotten several good reviews of Biden family, uh, Biden family ties. So we're going to present episode three of Biden family ties. So I'm, I'm Joe today, right? You're, you're Joe. Hello? Mom? Hey, President Dude. Hey, what? You aren't Mom. <laughs> no, Sleepy Joe. It's the governor of California. Oh, the Terminator. You came back, Jack. Oh, no. It's not Arnold. I'm the current governor. I thought Diane Feinstein died. And frankly, you don't sound like her anyway. <laughs> no, no, old man. It's Governor Gavin Newsom. If you say so, but I'd rather talk to the Terminator. Yeah, another guy who doesn't know when to retire. What? Uh, Lose to say what? What? <laughs> Anyhow. Anyhow. Uh, Joe, I just called to see how you're feeling. Uh, feeling good, Joe? Getting your rest? Oh, yeah, sure. Eight hours every night. And unlimited naps. Madam Useful's keeping you regular. All systems go, man. Oh, yeah, great, great to hear, uh, dude. You ever get tired, Mr. President? You know, I just got back from a long vacation to Europe and the Middle East. Best thing for me. Feel like a new man. You ever feel like you need a long, long vacation? I'm not on vacation now. I've been living in this big hotel for like three years now. When do I get to go home? You could go home anytime, Joe, just like Dorothy. Just click your heels. They tried that. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh, boy. It's worse than I thought. So how was your vacation, Terminator? I love mine. <laughs> I'm not the Terminator, Joe. I'm Gavin Newsom. Your worst nightmare. I mean, Gavin Newsom. You know what, Joe? It was terrific. So many beautiful cathedrals, amazing ancient rooms, warm people, and delicious ice cream. Wait, did you say ice cream, man? Why, yes, I did. I thought ice cream was only in America. Oh, Mr. President, they have ice cream all over the world. Get the heck out, you lying dog-faced pony soldier. 
No, seriously, dude. The best ice cream in the world. Swear, dude. Ari's Ice Cream Shack in Tel Aviv. Where's that at? Israel, Joe. Oh, they're having some problems over there now, I hear. Oh, Joe, that's just fake Fox, Fox News. They have sprinkles? What? They have sprinkles, you know, for the ice cream. Oh, lots of sprinkles, the best, and all the colors. Maybe I should go and check on what's happening over there. Maybe I'll get some ice cream on the way to the airport. Ice cream. Great idea, Mr. President. Tell Ari and BB I said hi, and remember to be safe. We wouldn't want anything to happen to you. And there, so, there's another episode of Biden Family Ties. So now that's that how they got him to go over. to Israel. That's how they got him. It was Gavin. Gavin all along. Just just in case, you know, this is a hypothetical scenario written by our crack team of, team of writers, which is our back from strike. That's why we were able to provide you this. We respect the unions. Um, hope you enjoyed that episode of Biden Family Values. Very good job. Uh, doing uh biden joe neither of us could do a biden impression but you did it the best you played it played it well i think you have a career out of you some would say joe's more eloquent eloquent than i am anyway <laughs> all right Anyhow, so man. that leads us into our discussion of israel so um just at the top uh i want to put a little disclaimer clearly this is a I was I was thinking we we might cover Israel and abortion in the same uh, podcast, but I didn't want to like uh, lose all our listeners <laughs> in one podcast. I thought I think I'd we're split. already past that anyway. <laughs> I, I thought it's, you might be right. Might as well go for broke, right? You have to have listeners in order to lose them. <laughs> we got Dan and Aaron. We know they're they're out there. No, that's 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 true. Um, so. But I think I think we'll just stick with Israel. So, my disclaimer is, you know, I might say uh, unintelligent or stupid things. Obviously, many people have strong opinions about this. Either way, we're just trying to have a, a reasonable discussion, kind of covering the whole uh, situation and kind of thinking about it and thinking, processing our own thoughts and opinions in regards to it. So, uh, we appreciate your patience and understanding. I think if you've listened to our podcast through this episode, I think we're on episode eight now. Uh, you kind of understand the point is to kind of talk about somewhat difficult matters. Bob and I no, don't necessarily agree on everything, but it's to have a discussion about what we think uh, should happen, what what makes sense, what we shouldn't or shouldn't do, um, and kind of go from there. And this so, is a rare topic where I don't think we've talked a lot about it. Nope. You know, as long as we've known each other, I don't know if we've ever really covered Israel. Nope. So clearly we're talking about it because of the horrific events over the last two weeks. And, and from my opinion, what Hamas did is horrific. Uh, there's no justification for it. Um, they're a terrorist organization. Um, I just want to put that out front, uh, uh, targeting civilians as they did. Um, but we can get into kind of maybe, maybe what they were thinking. I don't, I don't know. Um, or what the purpose was or what might be some of the larger geopolitical reasons for it. But I don't know if he had any just kind of off the top and in regards to the, the thing that has provoked this. Yeah. So here's the thing, you know, the whole war and decades of violence between these two countries, if you will, are horrifying and sad. And what happened 
on Saturday. It's horrifying and sad. But we do have decades of history here. And the same thing repeats over and over and over. And we know it's going to continue to repeat over and over and over. I absolutely support Israel's right to fight back after what happened there. Yep. The USA should not be funding any of it. It's funding wars, and you've heard me say this about Ukraine. We're funding death. We're funding killing. Yep. It's not our war. We shouldn't be funding Israel. We shouldn't be funding Ukraine. And this $100 billion to continue to fund these foreign wars is absolutely ridiculous if you just look what we've got going on over here right now. So just to interrupt you, that that argument that you're making is what Joe was talking about tonight. He was He's trying to defend against that argument that we need to be involved in these wars. He used the term we're, we're essential, we're the essential country, sort of we're you know, if not for us, the world would go to hell. That's the argument he's making also with. Uh, that seems with, like something a, a, a bad husband, abusive husband would say to his wife after she breaks up with him. Doesn't it? If it wasn't for me, you'd be miserable and dead in a ditch. I mean, I, I would almost listen to it a little bit more if we had our stuff together here, right? If... I, I looked at what our, you brought it up last time, what our debt to GDP is, right? It's like 120%. Then I yeah. look what Israel's was. It's going down. It's like at 56%. Um, as far as economically, we're, we're not really in a position, right? We're not. <laughs> we just talked about our, our no people dumping our debt and the cost of housing going up for us because of, of what's happening because... Because mortgage and, rates are tied to ten-year treasuries, and and as that rate goes up, so does mortgage rates, right? And that affects people's ability to have housing here in this country. So, I mean, it's it's all tied together. It's not a it's not a oh we need to protect the world. It's like, well, we got stuff here, and and I know that's always been the the American America first, and that goes back to our involvement in 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 World War Two and probably even World War One um, kind of focus here. Uh, not in Europe or the Middle East or, or wherever. Um, but yeah, but at this particular time, I don't think we're in great, in, in, in great We're not in great position to, to continue to fund right. these wars. And, and yeah, and Yellen said the other day, oh yeah, the United States can handle funding two wars, no problem, we'll be just fine, right? And then who knows, potentially a third, and the second one could grow very fast with Iran potentially in the mix, right? And then those right north of the border or over the border there in Jordan, it, it could go south fast, and there's no indication that our politicians have any intent on stopping the spending, no matter what. Where's the line there? Okay, a hundred billion, then a trillion, hundred, hundred trillion. And I, I know that's not necessarily reasonable for a bunch of reasons, but the point is, where do you stop? Right? When's the I mean, last time we gave Ukraine money? It couldn't have been two months ago. Yeah, and nobody talks about us in comparison to other European countries. I don't, I don't see any discussion on. Okay, here's here's what everyone else is funding. Here's what we're funding. Here's what Ukraine is is doing. There's none of that. It's always uh, here's here's the amount we're giving. Right. Uh, it's it's kind of in a vacuum. We're not given that information to say is everyone ponying up. Uh, let alone what's the end game. Right. We're not even. There's no. Nobody's presenting that. It's always like we need to 
I mean, he didn't present that. He, he's not talking about any end game. He's just saying, well, if we don't, you know, we can't let Putin do this or we can't let Hamas do that. Um, but what's where's the strategy? Where's the when end it comes game? to this war, too, there isn't any. I don't I don't know how many people are saying it, but social media is a cesspool of misinformation. You can go out there and you, you don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah, that's and that's part of the problem. I mean, there was bleeding the... over into our actual media too. I mean, they're still in mainstream media talking about, and, and our politicians as well, how Israel bombed a hospital in Hamas or in, in Gaza, and that's not even what happened. First of all, the, the hospital wasn't hit; it was a parking lot. Secondly, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I haven't heard it's a parking lot, but yeah, I've, I've, again, who knows at this point. Yeah, it's right? definitely with social media and the speed of the media to respond to things. It's very tough uh, to get accurate and timely information. Uh, there's no doubt that in today's day and age, either. And then, then like we talked before, you get into deep fakes and what's real and what's not. Right? Everyone's got their own interests, and everyone just throws up their hands. Um, yeah, it makes it very difficult to figure out what's going on. The fog, of, the fog of war is tough enough to begin with, and then you throw in uh, social media to get a really under, an understanding. Unless you're on the ground, it's very hard to, to understand what's going on, right? And then I want to say this, too. Rashida Tlaib is embarrassing. That whole thing that led that she let all these people into the Capitol yesterday is absolutely embarrassing, especially after she commented on Trump and blamed Trump. For what happened in January sixth years back, so I, I I saw that you posted that, and I I well I guess they were arrested. Any any breach, any I mean they have a right to free speech. They don't have a right to uh, do so without a permit in the Capitol and whatnot. Uh, that that's fine. I would like to, as I think about this, and and I noticed as I've been watching the coverage, um, Fox News calls it Israel at war. And I've noticed MSNBC and maybe CNN call it the Israeli-Hamas war. Um, I would like to point out uh, there is a distinct, there should be a distinction between Hamas and the Palestinian people. Do you kind of agree with that? Well, there's absolutely a distinction. Okay. And what I don't know is did the citizens really vote Hamas in? Do they support Hamas? Yeah, or is I mean, it a situation where it's you know it's corrupt i suspect it's probably somewhere in between well but they i do think have, they do have a, i guess the the pl it used to be the plo abbas is still a leader who took over for arafat um i guess it's the palestinian authority now i, I think is the the name of it but yeah i mean it's hard to distinguish as far as popular support for hamas or hezbollah and and Lamadan. Um, generally, I always think, well, if they're there and they're existing, there's got to be some level of support amongst this, the civilian population, right? Don't you think? Absolutely. I, I mean, think, it's, I, think uh, there, I think there is. There's got to be. But, I mean, if you but go I, back, and it's also go back very to, telling. go back to Afghanistan, right? Similar Taliban, right? Taliban is, was a terrorist organization that, that is now ruling again in Afghanistan. I mean, they clearly use terror and, and tactics to scare people. And um, so there is an ability to rule a larger group of people through um, those type of tactics. 
Um, but the question is, is there some level or what level of popular support is there for that? Um, it's it's also very telling that, you know, Egypt doesn't want any of these people over their borders, right? Why? Why is it that they've closed off their borders? Because they don't know who's coming in and they don't, they can't trust anybody. And they know the issues that come with people from that area of the world. Right. And, and again, you got to support Israel's right to defend itself. We just don't have to fund it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, my, my I guess my hope, and maybe I'm jumping the gun, because there's, there's a couple other things I want to cover before we kind of get to the, the hope as far as what happens. I mean, we're kind of in a, in the period where um, something's going to occur in the next couple of weeks. It sounds like a, a ground offensive, um, which may lead to an expansion. But one, one thing I wanted to cover was uh, Joe going over there yesterday. Uh, I think he probably went for more than ice cream. Um, I kind of thought he might go for two reasons. Clearly there's, there's this, um, amongst the conservative and I watch Fox news to kind of get how they're playing it. I mean, they're, they're clearly focusing on the, the Iran portion of this, uh, which is something clearly is a big part of this whole equation. Um, because I don't think either Hamas or Hezbollah, um, have missiles to send without Iran. Um, and I agree, uh, without a doubt. Um, I agree as far as Iran, I, I, I do think you have to talk to people and, and sort of bring them in. I don't believe no one is irredeemable. Um, so I, I have generally supported uh, the nuclear discussions. I support uh, having discussions with Iran, not just sanctioning them, and, which ends up hurting usually the people in the country more than anyone. Um, but as far as political... Uh, points clearly that joe lost lost a lot of points in regards to the timing of turning over money to iran right before uh hamas bombs israel and, and commits atrocities uh in israel uh, clearly that that looks horrible uh obama uh through the nuclear negotiations we're not giving him money we're, li- we're releasing uh, frozen money from years ago uh but again that from the from the viewpoint of a political uh, that doesn't look good, and clearly the conservatives movement and the Republicans are using that against Biden. So well, it's not, it's not, yeah, and it's not just that too. I think we've loosened up some of the oil sanctions that we had in Iran, and if I'm not mistaken, they can pump about a billion dollars of oil in a very short period of time and sell it. So, yeah, that I mean that that six million dollars is a talking point coming from the right, and I, I think there's some validity to it, but it's there's a whole lot more to it. There's a lot of oil money in Iran, and they they're spending that money. Again, I, there's a fine line, right? If Iran had nuclear weapons or was close to having them, I think probably there's something that we should do about that, given their history. That said, I'm also not for just funding more death. Where's death? It's a lot of money to spend on killing people. So let's well, talk about why Iran... Uh, might have felt threatened ironically i think my my thinking about it is similar to how putin felt threatened when ukraine started looking more when his puppet got out of uh, power in ukraine 
and they started looking more Wester, westerly, uh, making deals with Europe, possibly uh, seeking, uh, you know, NATO and the expansion of NATO. That threatens uh, Putin in his backyard. There are also biological, biological agent manufacturing labs that's pretty close to their border. I wouldn't like that either, you know? Right. So yeah. similarly, I'm saying possibly Iran, now that there are the Abraham Accords with uh, Arab nations, the UAE, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, not cozying up to Israel, but having agreements with Israel, right? Changing the power dynamics within the region that would ultimately be seen as a threat, um, just from the standpoint of those are all Sunni within Islam, those are Sunni nations, Iran's a, a Shiite nation. Um, yeah. Just changing the power, power dynamics where Iran's like, well, I'm going to throw a wrench in the works here, right? Um, and I think there were quotes from Lincoln and some other people that, like, this is the quietest we've seen in the Middle East in a long time. And then this happens, right? Yeah. Um, so this, what, the, what very the, possibly years of planning, you know, covertly. That's what that's what amazes me. Well, that's, that gets into the other point, right? You have BB there. And I, I've, I've never been a fan of BB. I'm not, I mean, to me, he's a hardliner. He's a warmonger. He's, he, he, I think he, he came through uh, the military. Um, he's clearly. You could argue that he was trying to stop what happened, although uh, it happened. Right. I, how do they, I mean, these are occupied zones, right? The West Bank and Gaza are occupied. Um, there is a, a, a wall, there's high levels of security. I mean, just in the number of people we're talking about here, I, I looked it up, um, as far as the population of Israel and, and Gaza. I mean, uh, Israel's about, I believe, 9 million. Um, Gaza's about 2 million. Yeah, 2 million Palestinians in Gaza, 2.7 in the West Bank. Uh, so you're talking about roughly about 5 million Palestinians, uh, roughly about a small 10, piece of land, about 10 million. Right. And it's uh, and land the size less than New Jersey. And that's part of my frustration here, too. It's like, uh, are we going to start World War Three <laughs> over not not to dim diminish the the importance and, and the ability of people to live in peace and have self-determination? But in the big picture of things, this is a small, a small region and a limited number of individuals um, that create um, a lot of instability. Um, I don't know any way around it. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's the difficulty of it. And I guess there's, there's 700,000 settlers in, in the West Bank, Israeli settlers in the West Bank. Um, but in the big scheme of things, it's 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 a small, like you said, a small piece of land, a limited number of people, and yet, and, and clearly there are religious implications here. Um, yeah, it's the religious implications I think that really complicate it a lot because it's you know that that type of religious fervor, right, isn't something I think a lot of Americans really understand, and I think in some cases because we don't understand that we make a lot of assumptions. Um, I, I do wonder how much that really does play into it. I think there's probably some cases where uh, the religious aspect is kind of ta like taught and, and religious 
differences, flames of difference are fanned over there for the political elite, be it Iran or other powers, to, to stay in power and to be able to kind of have these proxy wars and things like that. I just don't... I, you would think people would get tired of it. And yeah, you would think. I mean, it's together. been going on Everybody for... Everybody share the land. I mean, Israel was formed after World War II. Clearly, the Jewish people have lived there for centuries. Um, Palestinians and, and Arabs have lived in the region. Um, part, of, part of the issue is it's one of those things where uh, the European powers after, you know, World War One and World War Two started redrawing maps, right? Um, and without the involvement of the people who were there. And so there's resentment, there's religious animosity. It's just, it doesn't fit into a logical, you would always think logically, okay, can't we just have these people live here and these people live here? But then you have terrorist groups like Hamas who believe that, the Jewish state should be destroyed, which is, which is clearly an extreme view. But if that's, if they're the ones in I, power in the region, then you're never going to get there. And, and I do and, find it to be somewhat complicated because of the fact of what happened after World War II, right? I mean, I, I can completely understand the upset and the anger coming from there. Right. I mean, that was their that was their homeland, and then then it's then it's not anymore. So. But bombing, killing no, innocent people. That's, that's you never... know. And, that, and again, the easy answer for me, that's why we don't fund any of that garbage. Right. We're, we're sticking our, our head in the middle of it for, you know, we're defending, is, we're helping Israel defend itself uh, because they have no one else in the region that's going to step up. But, and they're a close ally of us. And we have the, the you know, the second largest. Jewish population, I think we're by far, I think we're, we're outside of Israel, the United States, I think has 5 million Jewish people. And I think the next level down is, is France with maybe 500,000. I mean, we clearly have, um, a large population here. Um, yeah, but, but again, what is the end? There's no end game. Right. And I, I think let's, I'd like to talk a little bit about, uh, Bibi and how, you know, I guess he had issues over the last couple of years retaining power in Israel. Um, the conspiracy theorist would say, similar to uh, the conspiracy around World War II, uh, if you want a war, you let the other side attack you and then you can then proceed to wipe them out. Um, I'm not saying that happened here, but I just... They're calling it their 9-11, and we had a 9-11 commission to decide how we failed on our intelligence here. Knowing what I know about the Israeli intelligence and the Israeli military, which I hold up to a high standard uh, yeah. of everything. And I've by heard, extension, the American intelligence. How, how, how does this happen, right? How does this happen? Um, that they were able to inflict such an attack, um, given that they're so close and they have so many ways to monitor and, and whatnot. I guess time will tell. I hopefully they'll they'll form a commission. I you know heard somebody say the other day that based upon this, after all is said and done, BB might not no, any longer be in power. But that's a question for another day because we've got to deal with what's in front of us now. Um, but overall, I think I think ultimately the failure is in the lack, similar to our country 
the lack of leadership, right? Leadership that could um, get the people together, to get the people to follow them, to see a new path, to see a new vision. Um, yeah, I do believe that. I do I'm, believe I'm that that's sides. possible. I have to believe I'm, that's possible. Right, on both sides. Absolutely, yeah. on both sides. So there was a history, if you remember, uh, they did sign accords, the PLO and Israel. Israel recognized the PLO. Uh, it was Arafat and Itzhak Rabin in the mid-'90s. Uh, there was two that, accords. That was a fairly good period. Right, it was a good period. And then uh, a right-wing extremist, Israeli right-wing extremist, assassinated Rabin, right? So here's a leader. They kind of brought it along, and then what do they do? Yeah, they wrecked it. They wrecked it. Um, that's that's very unfortunate. But I, I think, ultimately, that's the only way you're going to see a resolution um, is to have a transformative leaders on both sides to say, like you said, enough, enough is enough, yeah. you know? And I think the only way America can have any positive role is to say, you're, you're on your own, you guys figure it out. Because I also think there's probably a lot of benefit there to keep the unrest and the funding coming from America because we, we do continue to send billions of dollars over there every year. And who knows where that money's going and because, and we're sending money to both sides. Yeah. I, I, it's a war machine. I mean, it's the industrial military mm -hmm. complex. People are making tons of money off this. Right. And, and if we're going to spend a hundred billion dollars, we're not getting, I mean, I, I guess in theory we're getting security and stability, but I don't think war ever brings that. But maybe, maybe I'm crazy, uh, because at the end of the day, either side is killing somebody's uh, mother, son, daughter, and that's just going to breed resentment for the rest of those people's lives, right? How how does that bring peace to the region, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. and and you, you hear these talking heads on TV sometimes, and you know you get these extremists that are like. Yeah, it's it's time. They're just gonna have to get rid of them, you know. That's it. They've seen enough. And it's, people who talk like that, I don't think have any critical thinking skills because, as you said, all all that's gonna happen is there's gonna be a power gap. There's gonna be a vacuum. More bad stuff is gonna come in because you still need that leader to come in and fix it. Yeah, it's the easiest thing to say or do, right? Yeah, you know, uh, get them so, back, uh, whatever. I mean, I I I do. I mean, getting to how I would like. Given how horrible it is right now, the best case scenario would be Israel doing a surgically wiping out Hamas and none of this expanding to a larger regional conflict and we're U.S. having limited involvement. We've got aircraft carriers. I heard we've got troops on the ready to deploy. It could get, yeah, it was really it could earlier. get we ugly actually, very fast. One of our aircraft carriers shot down three missiles and, yeah, I heard that too. and some drones or something. So we're kind of getting more actively involved. That, that would be the best case scenario. And I think that's part of what hopefully Joe was talking to BB about. Uh, kind of like tamping it down a little bit. Let's We understand your, your right to defend yourself. Let's try to be as surgical as possible here. Um, if they wipe out Hamas capabilities... Unfortunately, I don't think Iran and Hezbollah is going to let that happen without expanding it. Uh, so I don't see a great scenario rolling out here. And like you said, if we continue to support it, and I think I don't think we have the even the 
coalition that we have uh, around Ukraine with European uh, partners and whatever yeah. in regards to Israel. We are kind of a little bit hanging on our own there, I believe. We need uh, to stop I've, all of it. It's it's scary. I mean, this this is, to me, scarier than Ukraine. No, uh, I agree. Nope. As far as what can happen in that region and getting us pulled in further. So, and it's a horrible, obviously horrible time for it, right? Uh, considering everything that else is happening uh, in the world and in this country um, to have to deal with uh, that. But um, that's the way so, things go. We agree then. We should be funding it. Probably yeah, I mean, back off. Both, both wars, though. Both wars. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the... the I don't know the mechanics of, of military support like that. Um, clearly we can, we can, I, I don't have a problem necessarily with putting our boats in the region to kind of tap down mm -hmm. uh, other, you know, kind of a show of, show of force, right? Um, we've got the boats there for that purpose, I believe. Kind of like, hey, yeah, don't, don't, do, don't anything. do anything stupid. Don't do it. Right, right. That's different than about that way too. No, that's to me. That's different than pro providing missiles and military aid so somebody else can invade somebody else's <laughs> territory, right? Yeah. For whatever purpose, hopefully for surgical, but then our bombs are falling on other people and and and, 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 and the cynic and me, you know, I, I I still wonder why hasn't. Somebody gone to the table with Putin. You never hear news stories about that. Nobody's going to the table with Putin and trying to talk. What does he want? There's got to be some sort of agreement out there. Stop the war. Give the land back. That's what we'll I'm saying. There's no, there's, there's no discussion in regards to any, no, it, any it just diplomatic appears solutions to this. It's always like politicians well, are buying up defense stocks, and that's what this right. is about. It's all about fighting till I, I, I don't know what the end game is. I mean, Nobody explains that to me. <laughs> Do you think Putin's just going to give up? No. Uh, no. He's going to, He's he's got, you know, gas prices go up. That that works in his favor. He'll, he, he, it's his political survival, right? I mean, he's going to continue until he get what he at least appears to be a face-saving solution. So can't we get to that? Um, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a peace lover to begin with, so I'm pretty easy to, I'm not necessarily an isolationist necessarily. I think we should have diplomatic influence around the world, uh, but funding, funding wars, I always have a problem with, um, because I don't, I don't, it never seems to end well. And the argument would be, well, the, the they gave into Hitler and look what happened in Europe. But my argument is you can't. You can't fight yesterday's war today, you know. You have to look at the situation that you're in now, um, and go from there. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know how this will play out. I mean, I pray for for both sides, uh, for the Palestinian people. May they have peace. That's how I look at it. Really, you know, may they live. The in images peace. are I, awful. Right. Um, that's just that's all we could do. But I, I, I do have a problem with us giving money for for war. Uh, that's. That's not necessarily Biden's yeah. making the case that it's our war. I don't know. It's not. And that's the problem. It's not. And I don't think the majority of Americans agree with that either. 
And Biden's going to have a hard time arguing that in an election year, next year, that we should continue to fund these wars. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. let's see what, what let's see what time. And then just uh, so I think that kind of caps it up. We'll, we'll we'll probably talk more as as this progresses, but um, clearly we're we're praying for everyone there. Hope they um, hope there's a solution in the offing without. Uh, too much more loss of life. Um, interestingly enough, there's also the, the student protests here in the United States that I wanted to kind of briefly touch on because it seems to be more and more in the news. Uh, you know, the pro-Palestinian de demonstrations, these law students writing uh, pro-Palestinian and then getting their their offer letters rescinded. Um, Dennis lost his job the other day for taking down images of the kidnap children yeah yeah I, I saw that yep they were pulling down uh pictures of the the hostages uh the israeli hostages um yeah i mean it, that's that's a dynamic I, I i don't know what their purpose is i do believe palestine deserves to be free also um i would never support hamas or in any way say that their actions are justified here um no and that's what's embarrassing is when you get these rallies where people are saying the actions are justified, the actions are deserved. Not only that, I celebrate the actions. I celebrate these deaths because you're seeing that stuff out there. It's just absolutely disgusting. I mean, I do understand they're under occupation uh, and uh, there are settlements and there's territorial issues. I understand all that. But to justify horrific actions, terrorist actions against civilians, you just can't. You just can't. You can't do it. Um and it, it's really, I it's eye-opening to me to see how large these protests are and how passionate these people are mm -hmm. and how a lot of it really does appear to be anti-Semitism, not just because they're protesting, but because of what they're saying and chanting and what these signs are. You know, I had no idea how much anti-Semitism and how deep and strong that anti-Semitism is, not just in our country, but around the world. But to me, most importantly in our country, because I mean, it, it's our country. I, I didn't, I didn't think it was here, but it, it's here. It's, and yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it definitely ex exists. I mean, you, you, you don't like to think about it because you probably don't encounter it yourself that much. No, but I've there, never seen right? it. Or, never. Or, I've, I mean, like, I've never seen somebody refer to a Jewish person in a derogatory manner. I mean, you hear jokes, you know, jokes are whatever, lighthearted, generally speaking. I've never met somebody that I right away knew this person has a hatred for Jewish people. I've never seen it. Yep. It, I, it exists. It's obvious that it exists. And I just, it's, I don't know. I, when I see a Jewish person, I see them as just another white person, right? Or just another person. I, I don't, I don't, get the difference generally speaking and the same goes for any other race but people for that matter i have you know I've, I've seen limited other racism out there i don't see a lot of it once in a while you see it you, you know who these people are but the the anti-semitism here really took me by surprise yep i mean that's definitely part of the the overall equation here um just to kind of conclude on, on that piece i did think it was kind of interesting that because I do watch the conservative media, I, I flip between all the stations just to see what everyone's saying and their and their take on things. 
but Fox has clearly been focused in on the on the Palestinian protests because there's the whole college campus issue and and the liberal uh, the crazy liberals in, in college and how it's been out of control, which you know could be part of this here. Um, but in regards to then they they were fine with uh, with companies rescinding the job offers. They did. They they said that wasn't cancellation, even though people were expressing their right to free speech, right? And it was sort that. of hypocritical to me that oh we're okay with this cancellation because they're saying that something that we don't like them to be saying. I, I haven't watched a of, minute of it. You know, I don't. You know, I don't have a TV until I yeah, move here. But, but that's kind of what the, the, I've been hearing on that end, and I've always thought I it think, interesting that the conservative. Am I correct in my assumption that none of the news stations like MSNBC, Fox, CNN, CBS, ABC, none of them are making the argument that we shouldn't be funding this, uh, right? They're putting they're, no. they're putting the point on they're putting the point on, yeah, look at what the college kids are doing, or look what's happening over here, look at all this death over here and over here, but nobody's saying we shouldn't fund it. No, everybody's not, got an angle that, that provokes funding for war, right? Yeah, from either either end, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and that's why it's all garbage in my opinion as long as we can continue to fund the war machine yeah yep unfortunately that's where we're at so uh good discussion bob i like that one i think we yeah me too we we, i think i think we covered uh, many different angles unfortunately there's no easy solution like i said it's got to be leadership it's got to be the people and unfortunately that time has not has not come and does not look in the immediate offing but you never know. You never know. All you could do is hope. All right. I think that's all we got for tonight. Uh, I'll let you go to bed. Get some rest. Great chatting. Great chatting with you. And uh, we'll talk to everyone soon. Take it easy. Bye.